0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. It's going to be a good little episode. We're going to be talking about lease options, And we're going to be talking about how you can do lease options maybe as a realtor or even not. But, you know, we're going to be talking about some different creative ways to do lease option deals. And I got a special guest. His name is Jesse. Jesse Mills. I want to first let you know that this podcast is brought to you by my book, Wholesaling Lease Options. You can get my book at WLObook.com. Wlobook.com. This is a strategy that I used to quit my job back in 2009. And I know a lot of you guys listening to this, maybe you're listening to this as you drive to work, as you drive home on your lunch break, maybe while you're working and you're not working right now and you should be. Come on. I know what that's like. (laughs) I was there. And you'd like to get out of your cubicle. And that's where I was. And I know a lot of you guys... Can maybe relate, you just want to be able to spend more time with your family. You'd like to be able to travel more. Maybe do deals while you travel. Maybe do deals from an RV or a campground in the middle of Yosemite. How about a cafe in Prague? How about a beach in Spain? Well, not to brag or nothing, but I kind of am bragging. I've gotten to do that. And this book, Wholesaling Lease Options, it's kind of my journey into that, figuring out a little bit about lease options and how I use that to really create a business that supported my life and what I wanted to do, what my wife and I wanted to do with our family and our four kids. So if that is any interest to you at all, I'd suggest you get my book, wlobook.com. Go check it out. It's free. You just got to pay shipping. There's no fluff in this book. It takes about an hour two hours to read. It's all good content, all killer, no filler, as they like to say, right? Again, go to wlobook.com. Cool. So if you like this show, one more thing I'll tell you, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. You can see the show notes. You can see the transcriptions, join the email list. And if you like it, please leave a review in iTunes as well. Okay, great. We've got Jesse on. Jesse has been on the show before, I think a couple times. Jesse, do you remember? Once or twice?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think at least twice.
0: Yes. Jesse is one of those guys that just is a massive action taker and has done a lot in the business over the years. And he comes at it from a really good perspective because he's also a mortgage broker. Kind of does mortgage brokering on the side, but his main bread and butter are lease option deals. He's been doing them a long time. And I'm glad to get him on the show because I like getting his perspective on things. You know, he looks at it from the investor side and also from the mortgage broker slash realtor side as well. And he does a lot of deals today. He's active in the business. And uh, welcome to the show, Jesse. How are you, man? I'm doing
1: great, man. Thank you so much for having me on again. I am always super grateful to be here.
0: Nice. So you're in Minneapolis, right? Yes, Minneapolis. What's the weather like today? It's 49 here in St. Louis. Oh, man. I'll tell you, it's 26.
1: Things are melting. We, uh, we've had a history-breaking snowfall this year. Wow. So everyone's going from digging out of blizzards to waiting for it to flood. But, you know, hey, we're all right.
0: <laughs> I wish we would have gotten more snow this winter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some of ours.
0: <laughs> well, maybe next year. I keep on saying that. Maybe next year we'll get more snow. Jesse, for those that don't know you, give a little background of how you got started in the business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I have been in the real estate and mortgage world for about fifteen years. Started in the mortgage business in, uh, gosh, my mid twenties, and have been doing mortgages for about fifteen years. Various, you know, big companies, you know, top top three nationwide companies, credit unions, various places. And really got into real estate in about 2011, 2012. And in fact, I think your course was one of the first courses I ever purchased, uh, coming across wholesaling lease options. And did my first deal. I think I don't know a month or two after I bought it. I wasn't a massive action taker right away. (laughs) Um, I bought it and you know, kind of, kind of started trying to know all the answers. And since then, I just say, hey, you know what? We'll figure them out as we go. And but first deal did about I think $8,000 on that deal. And well, you
0: were a mortgage broker at the time, I was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I was doing mortgages at the time, and you know, I, I said, Hey, gosh, this is a great way that I can get into real estate and I can help more of my clients that I am turning down, right? And and I mean, I get paid on having options, I get paid on helping people. And when you say, Sorry, I can't help you you know, let's try again in a year or two that doesn't pay the bills. And so I was looking for ways to always have options. And, and frankly, I went through kind of some rough times with the financial crisis. I, I was doing mortgages <laughs> with the collapse. So a shocker. And you think I, I ended up okay with that. I, I did it. <laughs> hmm. Right. And, and so I tell people, gosh, billion dollar banks go out of business, small mama pop guys and gals doing loans are not going to fare so well. So I had a rough patch and credit wasn't so, so hot. And I, I said, how can I get into real estate? And came across your course actually. And I joke to this day, probably one of the best thousand dollars I've ever spent. A uh, thousand at the time, I would have paid a lot more than that. I mean, I, I did 800% off the first deal and said, okay, this works. That's nice. pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
1: yeah. So and I've been doing it ever since.
0: Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of my earliest testimonials, Jesse. And uh, it's, it's been encouraging awesome. to work with people like you because, um, yeah, this business is legit. You really can do deals. I got a message from a friend who was a coaching client. And uh, we worked together for eight months. Mm-hmm. And he sent me, he forwarded me a message that I had sent him. I'm going to brag about myself just to, just quickly, just for a millisecond here, <laughs> because I, I was so excited about this, right? So excited and super proud of him. He was going through this rough patch where he was getting discouraged and you know done a little bit of wholesaling here and there, was getting discouraged and was not really doing many deals. And he's getting a lot of people telling him, you can't do this. It's illegal. It's immoral. It's fattening. You can't wholesale deals. You can't make profits like that. That's a scam. Mm -hmm. He was getting discouraged and I was encouraging him and I was telling him, listen, no, don't listen to them. You know, when you're facing obstacles, you got to plow right through them. And I said, you watch pretty soon in a little bit, you're going to have 10, 20 homes free and clear from your profits on your deals because he wanted, his big goal was to own rentals, own them free and clear. I said, pretty soon you're going to own some free and clear, 10 to 20 free and clear rentals and you're going to just be crushing it. So don't quit. Well, fast forward two years, he actually was listening to some of his old voxers. He sent me that (laughs) voxer and said, Joe, you don't remember this, but you told me this and it's come to pass. He said, I've just, I'm just now closing on my 20th door. And he says, debt-free. The only debt I have is my home mortgage. I was like, I fell over. I was like, yes, you get it. And and I, I say that also to encourage all the rest of you guys, like, You know, even when you're going through that rough patch, Jesse, you refuse to give up. You refuse to give up. And I'm sure you've had rough patches since then as well. We all have, right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it
1: happens. And you just got to keep pushing through. And, you know, I always make the joke, problem solvers get paid. (laughs) And it's not just about getting paid. It's about changing lives. It's about helping people. And, you know, for a long time when I was growing up, I really wanted to be a teacher And then I realized what teachers get paid and it's horrible what they get paid. I think they should get paid a lot more than they do. But unfortunately, it chased me away from that career. You know, I love to help people. I love to coach people. I love to see their life improve. But, you know, we're in a business where you can help people and you can make a lot of money. And like you had mentioned at the beginning, you can do it from the campground. I closed a deal from uh, the campground at Mackinac Island last summer. Yeah. Sitting there with my family and our camper and boom, boom. DocuSign sent it over, and (laughs) that's so awesome. It's pretty sweet.
0: Some people think that's hype, Jesse. Like, oh, come on, you really can't. But you've done it, haven't you?
1: I have. I've done it multiple times. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what. I even did a video on this. I think a year, year and a half ago. I almost get more done on vacation. This is crazy, right?
0: Yeah. But
1: I, I, I'm so focused. I'm like, my wife's gonna be all over my tail. We got two young kids. (laughs)
0: Like, I got
1: to get this crap done before they're up. So yeah. I wake up early, get the coffee, sit outside and I knock it out for two hours, but it is focused, you know,
0: when I was so. in Europe, I was getting more done in three or four hours than I was in a whole day back in the United States for one simple reason. I only had a small window where I could communicate with anybody in the States because the time zone changes, right? Yeah. And so when it was during that couple, three, well, usually three hours is when I would work I mm-hmm. work about three to four hours a day, usually three but I was hyper-focused, and I knew what I, I planned enough in advance. I had enough quiet time where nobody was yeah. interrupting me, right? Like, even yes. when I was with my family, I could spend time with them, and I could think while I was watching my kids play in the playground or whatever. And I mm-hmm. knew, okay, well, I have this three-hour window. This is, these are the top three most important things i got to get done. And, man, I sat down, got them done. When I was talking to people on the phone, it was just bam, bam, bam. It was to the point. Mm -hmm. no chit chat back and forth and we, uh, I was just so much more results focused. I think it's good if people kind of imply or um, how could you, how could people apply those same kind of time constraints on their normal activities, their normal days, wherever they're working Mm -hmm. from, right? If you could figure that out, we'd all be more productive. Do that in our own lives.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got a buddy who works his tail off and, and the thing is, He just thinks that I I leave home when it's dark at night and that's when I go home. (laughs) I mean, you realize if you wanted to leave at one o'clock or two o'clock or noon, you could, if you got the same amount of things done, right? Yeah. A little less chit chat, maybe outsource, delegate, use a team. I mean, uh, yeah, you got to think like that. If there's three things I do today, that's going to put money in my pocket and make the most impact. What are those three things? And, and just hammer them out.
0: Talk about that in your own business. What are some of the highest impact activities you do on a daily basis in your, in, in your business?
1: You know, a, a lot of it is <clears throat> reminding myself even to not get caught up in the minutia and really having a focus daily and weekly on who are my top prospects, leads, clients, right? And it's easy to get bogged down with returning calls and texts and emails and this and that. But when you know you've got the one person that says, hey, you know what, I want a home and I've got 15 grand in the bank, that's your best lead, right? Or that's one of your best leads. And you need to be pushing that ball forward every day. You got to be rolling it forward and forward and forward. And I think setting some side of time in the morning before you do anything else. There's lots of different ways and methods and techniques, right? But you got to think of what's going to move the needle the most. And, uh, and then try to block that out. So you don't let anything else get in the way. I know easier said than done, of course, and can't always say I'm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a am a I'm a champion of it, but at least thinking about it daily and trying to do it makes a big difference.
0: That's good. Okay. Oh, so Jesse, talk about what your business looks like today. What what kind of deals are you doing these days?
1: So, as, as you and I were kind of discussing the other day, I'm pretty pumped up because I've I found a way to take. Leads that I wasn't able to close in years past and convert them into deals. And I have found a way to close more deals without necessarily having to go chase down a bunch of sellers. Now, I'm not saying I don't talk to sellers, I'm not saying I don't market for sellers, and I'm by no means knocking that. But I've added just kind of another tool in the tool belt that I've developed over the last, honestly, I've been doing it for probably the last three or four years. But I started out onesies, twosies, here and there, kind of testing it. Is, does this work? Does this not work? And now it's the bulk of my business is doing it this way. And I get to make even a bigger impact with more people, which is really cool.
0: Okay. Talk more about that.
1: So, you know, a- as the market's getting hotter and as people can sell.
0: Well, first you know, of all, just, easier, let's set a little context to this. Um, you've got some pretty impressive numbers the last few months. Would you mind just sharing? What your numbers are? No, been, no, not at all. Well, how many deals have you been averaging? And these are lease option deals. Correct. How many deals have you been averaging the last, let's say, three months?
1: I'd say over the last three months, averaging three deals a month. Yeah, two on a low month, but probably four in a good month. So three, to, three to four a month. Good. And I think in I don't know, January, I did about twenty five thousand off of one deal. Nice that was one deal. Now they're all not that, that juicy vitamins. I wish they were, but you know, I'm not doing anything less than about seven or 8,000. And, and that one was 20, like 24, nine to be exact. So it's been about 45,000 probably in the last two and a half months.
0: Total or average total over total. two months. Nice.
1: Two and a half months. Yep.
0: So you're averaging yep. twenty twenty two thousand $22,000 a month. Correct. And these are Assignment fees? Are these deals you're staying in the middle of?
1: So these are assignment deals. And what I have been doing is working with people that want to buy homes, which are investors, which are landlords, which are flippers. So I've been finding kind of a different pool that has money, that has credit, and taking my resource, which is a large active pool of tenant buyers and taking my experience with knowing how to screen them and vet them. And, you know, and I do that for other people too, right? That's, that's a kind of another business I do for other investors to help them screen them and vet them. And I call it my pre pre pre-approval. Okay. And I'm finding investors who, you know, if you could, you could go about it and go buy a property with 20% down and then go, you know, advertise on Craigslist and Zillow and wait a month or two and then fill it, get a security deposit and now you've got a tenant and now you're a landlord. And there's lots of people that still invest that way, right? That's kind of the normal way. Now, maybe not in our world, your world and my world and, and the people listening, that's not normal. But for most folks, it is. People who have a full-time steady job, who have a family, who they don't really have the desire to get into bandit signs and you know call rail and multiple phone numbers and this and that. They just want to invest in real estate. And so what I've done is I found a really good way and a good system of presenting a deal to them that honestly is kind of a no brainer. I tell them they win if it works out, they win if it doesn't work out. And I've got years of experience now in doing these personally myself.
0: Nice. Nice. So you're finding, you, you have a bunch of tenant buyers, mm-hmm. and you're finding tenant buyers that have good down payments, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And these are folks that are on the verge of getting a mortgage. So they're Correct. one or two years away from getting a mortgage. They meet the probably the income requirements, right? They have good debt to income ratios. It's just some little things that they might need to fix. Establish credit. Maybe they're self-employed. Maybe they're just divorced and through the divorce, the credit got smacked. But they can do things to fix it. It's not like they have huge judgments or tax liens they have to take care of before they can get a mortgage, right?
1: Correct, correct. I mean, sometimes it can get that bad, but the way I look at it is number one, does your story make sense? Right? Number two, can you get across, I kind of call it the bridge from where you are now to being mortgageable, to, to be able to get financing in a, in a reasonable amount of time, right? In my opinion, a reasonable amount of time is about three years or less. You know, you, you technically could have just started a brand new business and went through a foreclosure six months ago. And you're going to qualify as long as you're profitable you know. Sure. in about two two to three years. So most people don't need more than that. But here's the beauty of it. If it goes longer than that, I'm okay with that. And my partners are okay with that because we know we're going to keep getting paid every month. We're not going to deal with the normal landlord headaches. And eventually they'll buy. And if they don't, we do it again.
0: Okay. Hopefully they do. Related to that, but on, on a little rabbit trail here. If if somebody is self-employed, mm-hmm. they're a their, their small business owner, mm-hmm. and they pay themselves through an S-corp with a W-2, the, so they set themselves on a salary mm-hmm. and they pay themselves. Mm-hmm. Does a, when, If they're trying to get a mortgage, does a bank look at that differently? Or do they look at them, that person as like an employee?
1: Uh, great question. So they look at it from both different lenses. So they'll look and say, okay, you get a W-2, And they'll look at that over the last, you know, two years and kind of average that. And that's what you get paid. And that's a, that is a great way to do it. Then they'll also look at what the business makes. Now, if the business has a loss, though, let's say you salary yourself 50 grand a year and the business lost 20, you still really only net, you know, netted 30.
0: Okay. So
1: it kind of ends up being a little bit of a wash, but it does, it does help. Whereas most people just write off everything. You know, and that's a lot of the folks we work with. We work with self-employed sure. folks who help oh, yeah. them restructure taxes. Goofy rules. You know, there may be part-time, they have a part-time job, but they haven't been there for two years yet. Or they get substantial overtime, but we can't count it yet. So sometimes it's just a timing thing.
0: Okay. So one of the, one of the cool things that you're doing now with this is you're working with people who are great tenant buyer candidates and they make good income. They're just for good reasons. They have bad credit. And
1: that bad, bad credit or even good credit, Joe, I've got I've got people that I have put into homes with 700 plus credit scores. They still can't get financing. Right. Because, right? again, yeah. maybe on paper they make nothing or new job or job change or industry change or there's there's so many goofy rules that if you're not in the business kind of day to day seeing these things and they change a lot, they can still get you hung up. So, yeah, they for whatever reason, they can't qualify, but they can afford to pay on time every month. We can show that. And they've got some good money down.
0: Yep, excellent. And so, how do you find those guys? <laughs> well, I'd be lying if I said um,
1: not using your system because I mean it's it's using your system. It's it's the way same way that that you teach to go find them, right? So it's it's Craigslist, it's Zillow, it's networking. I do a lot of networking, and uh-huh. and that for me has been, I think, a uh, thing that's been keeping me um, successful, right? Yeah. Not to say you can't find those those other ways. I mean, I can get 100 brand new people this week from Facebook and Facebook Marketplace and the garage sales, but they're not going to be quality. The quality people, the relationships that I spend time developing, other loan officers, other realtors, and people in the business, financial planners, accountants, attorneys, right, that know what you do, they like you, they trust you, and then it's a repeat source of business. So that's where the best leads come from. But you can still do a lot, even if you're just starting out, even if you don't have those relationships yet, you can, you know, use social media and a lot of the public sites to find them.
0: Yeah, good. The, um, you find a good tenant buyer, Mm -hmm. you pre-screen them a little bit, and then you have something that you do called the slow flip. Can you explain what that is? Do you still call it that?
1: (laughs) I I do. I do. I've been playing with the name because some people go, oh, slow doesn't sound very sexy. I want to get paid fast. So it's kind of a, I call it the slow flip, but it's slow flip, quick cash, because I still, as the deal constructor, right, as the the deal negotiator, I still get paid up front quickly. So it's just like an assignment. But the cool thing is, and and here's kind of how I got into it. I had a surplus of tenant buyers a few years ago, and I had tenant buyers and I didn't have homes for them. Right, and they wanted a home in this area at this price point, and I just didn't have it, and I couldn't find it, and I was going to lose it. I'm like, oh my god, I've got a guy with twenty thousand dollars down, but I'm going to lose this guy if I can't find something in the next, you know, 30, 45 days. So I had a friend of mine who is, you know, had a, had a couple of properties, was getting the business, uh, real estate investing, and I said, hey, look, what would you say if I had somebody who I already know? The day we go buy a house is the day they're going to move in. And I already know that we're going to make four to five hundred a month cash flow. Oh, and by the way, you, we don't need to worry about property management because it's already part of the deal that they're going to take care of it. And they might buy it from us, but if they do, you know, we're going to make a good, probably you know, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand on the back end if they buy. And if they don't, we just keep on collecting rent. What do you think of that idea? Uh, and they said, sign me up. And you know, of course, then you get into all of the. Well, what if they don't buy? And what if it doesn't work out? And what kind of a deal? Is this like a lease option? Is this a land contract? What do you, and, and that's that's all the details. And so now that's what I help my my partners and my investors through, right? As I go through what kind of a deal should we do based on the property and the person, their scenario. But the end of the day is they're making money three ways. They make money upfront because they don't need to go buy a home with 20% down or 15% down. They're doing it with sometimes only 15 or 10 or even 5% down. Right, so the cash on cash numbers are tremendous, and the day they buy is the day that the new person moves in, mm-hmm. and they already know what they're going to make on the back end. The only thing you don't know is, you know, I say my crystal ball is pretty good, but I can't guarantee it's going to work out. But what I can tell you is, if it doesn't work out, I'll be there to help you do the next one, right? And if it does work out, you're going to say, "Let's go do it again." And so now I've got I've got a pool of of friends and investors and partners where we'll just go take care of it and I don't need to go wait for a seller now if a seller comes a, comes across our marketing fantastic we'll do it that way but this is just another tool i put in the tool belt and i'll tell you what if you find that one investor who's ready to do 3 or 4 of these deals that's the same thing as finding 3 or 4 sellers nice except for you only have to present at one time and they get it
0: nice talk about licensing do you have your real estate license so
1: I do, um, as of this year. Now, I've been doing this as a joint venture partner in the past. So my my understanding, again, I'm not an attorney. You're not an attorney. Consult with the local attorney in your state. But my understanding, as long as you're working as a joint venture with the investor who is the one purchasing and selling, um, you can do it as a JV. But I chose to get licensed, Joe, and the reason I chose to get licensed is our state's one of one of a handful that is pretty darn strict on doing anything having to do with leasing, selling, buying, putting anybody together. And for me, it just wasn't worth it. And and really, my thing has been how to be able to be in the mortgage business in real estate. I would have been licensed a long time ago. I mean, whatever, you know, spend a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks, go take the course, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. But I had to figure out how to do my business and uh, restructure some things a little bit bus- uh, different with the business. But so I did get licensed and, and that's the beauty. So I'm also getting a piece of the pie of the commission. So if you're someone who's listening to this and you're licensed or you're willing to get licensed, that's another um, bucket of money that you can get is the commission. So there's there's a minimum amount that I won't make any less on every single deal. And I know that if I get the commission side, it's even more pie And the beauty of, here's a cool thing. I have closed over six deals in the last few months. Uh, Well, probably six from these, probably since fall that have come from agents. Okay. So from agents who have had deals, that's a pre-approved buyer. And all of a sudden something happened last minute and it fell apart. And again, because I network and because I'm a lot of, uh, I believe in B2B and, you know, relationships, they're like, hey, I don't know exactly how Jesse's program works, but I think he can help. And they called me up, hey, can you get this person in the house in the next three weeks, four weeks? Yep, absolutely. And and I still was a lot, you know, able to get them paid as an agent. So they still made money. I made money. The tenant buyer got a home. The agent looked like a hero, right? My investor that was waiting for the next deal to hit their their uh, desk. Here we go, guys. It's rock and roll. So, I mean, it was like a quadruple win. So it sounds almost cheesy, but it really was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and those the realtors might not have brought you a deal if you weren't a licensed agent, right?
1: And well, these ones I w- would, and, and I will say this because I've known them for a while, okay. right? Yeah. So I've known them for years, but yes, I, uh, I might not have made as much on those being without being a licensed agent.
0: Okay. Could, but do you have to have your license to do these deals?
1: In my opinion, I don't believe you do. I think if, you're, if you set up the right joint venture structure with the investors that you're partnering with, right, then you are a principal in the transaction and you're working on it together. Their role is securing financing and getting the home, and your role is leasing that home to the tenant buyer.
0: Yeah. Okay. Again, yep. You can partner with, you know, th- with investors on these deals too.
1: Correct, correct. So, in fact, as soon as we end this um, call here, I'm heading to work with a pretty big rehabber here in the area. And, you know, this is a rehabber, maybe or maybe not, with a big, well known name uh, that, you know, they do a lot of deals monthly. And so the cool thing is, they also are in the pool of like, they're great at finding properties at a discount and rehabbing them and selling them. They don't really get in our world with the creative real estate and lease options and CDs. They know it a little bit, but enough to be dangerous. And they don't want to. They don't want to have to worry about it. But they love the idea of not having to pay short-term capital gains, right, and selling the home quickly. They love the idea of getting cash flow on the back end and getting some of their money um, recouped right away. And so, I get deals monthly from folks in that market as well which is just a whole nother leg. So there's you know multiple legs to how I'm doing it. And I can't even think of actually last time that I went after a seller with specific seller marketing from me. Now maybe it came through another party, right? But nothing that I did that I picked up the phone, did any direct mail, bought any lists. Uh, it's been quite a while.
0: Okay, good. I wanted to ask you about networking, Jesse. Mm-hmm. What are some tips you have for networking to find these kinds of mortgage brokers, attorneys, realtors, how hard is that? How much time do you spend a week doing that?
1: Well, when I started out, it was definitely more time than I do now. Right now, it's more of trying to remind yourself to touch base with everybody, right? And to stay on people's radar. But when I started out, I did a lot of networking through groups like B&I, right? And different networking groups. And the cool thing is, this is kind of a nice little little insider tip. Every B&I group, if you're familiar with that organization or something similar to it, right, usually you have one of each profession in there. You've got one lender, you've got one realtor, right, and those spots get taken quick. And you know, someone leaves, they fill up fast. Well, guess what? No one was in there for my position <laughs> which because was, they're like, oh,
0: which was what?
1: Uh, real estate investor. Okay. Right. So, real estate investor there wasn't anyone else coming and doing that. Now I had to talk with uh, the realtors in the group and I had to talk with the lenders in the group and say, look, I'm not here to step on your toes. In fact, I want your junk. I want your turndowns. So we can work out fantastic together. And then once they understood that, that I wasn't a threat, they said, okay, cool. And then you can go to other groups and you know, every group has their own realtor and their own lender. And so, I mean, just that alone, you could meet enough contacts, right? And then it's just staying in front of people, letting them know, letting them know what you got, and it is a great asset to have properties, though, that you can market. And that, of course, will bring in more and more buyers as well. So, you know, everybody knows if, if you're doing this business or just starting or been doing it, the more properties you have, the more marketing you're doing, the more calls and emails you're getting, and then you're building your list. But mm-hmm. a list is only good if you can move it, right? You know that. Oh, yeah. So that's that's where I was getting frustrated was, I'm like, gosh, I got to go find another seller. I got I to gotta convince them at this and then the numbers have to make sense what if I just go buy the darn thing, right? Or what if I go find a friend and buy with them? Or what if I find a, somebody who wants to invest in real estate already and I explain to them, here's what you're about to do. Here's what I can do. And I think this is a better way. And so that's kind of how I started doing it.
0: You know, um, I've always said it's so much easier to shop for what buyers want than try to sell them for what you have, with what you have, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the way that... You can actually figure out, well, what are people, what do people want? You find the buyers first. And in a certain sense, you're doing that, but you're also, it's interesting because you're finding, you're finding two buyers, aren't you? Kind of like you're finding the tenant buyer who's got the finance, who, who, who has the money for a down payment. And then yep. you're also finding the buyer who's actually going to be buying the house. I'm finding a repeat buyer. The re- a <laughs> repeat, book very very good. All right. So then, talk about what happens next. You've got a buyer with, with ten grand down. You've got an investor now uh-huh. who wants to buy a better rental than just a regular fifty thousand dollars house that will cash flow three hundred dollars a month in the hood. Mm-hmm, he wants mm-hmm. a better tenant with with. They'll take better care of his property. Now, what do you? How do you go find the house? So
1: that's, again, what it, the beauty of networking, right, In relationships. So I work with some good friends and partners kind of in another venture of, of wholesaling, and that's their model, right? They wanted to learn creative side, and they said, you know what? I just want to wholesale. That's all I want to do. And I said, fantastic. You, you just worry about that, and I'll take all your skinny leads, right? And mm-hmm. so... It's a great system again, where why go spend another thousand dollars in marketing when I can get someone else's turn down, get someone else's junk? And we can do more deals together and monetize things together. So I'll go that route if I can. and for the investor, um, the you know, rent to own investor coming in, that's great because they're seeing pretty juicy margins. Now if there is nothing that fits the area, the price point, the condition, of those properties from those sources, then we're going to the MLS. And we are trying to find deals on the MLS. We're you know actively looking at things that have been there for a while and something we think we can we can get at a better deal. But the beauty is I put it in a spreadsheet that I've put together and I run the numbers and I run the, the ROI and the cash on cash and I reverse engineer it to what I know the tenant buyer can do and what they're willing to do. And then I Basically tell the investor, here's kind of where we're at. Here's a properties we need to look for. And we go down that path and then we start looking. Um, And and the beauty, I have one right now that we just got under contract a few days ago. We'll be closing in about three weeks. And that came from an agent. So the agents, the one out showing them houses, the agents, the one scouring MLS, they run it by me and the investors. And we say, "Mm, we don't like that one. Oh, this one works. Okay. This one's great. And we don't even go look at it until they go look at it. And they say they like it. I run the numbers. I vet the tenant buyer. And then the investor says, yep, this will work for us. And then we move ahead.
0: Can you give an example? What would be... So... A, yeah.
1: On the numbers or just kind of the...
0: Yeah, the numbers. Like what, what's a typical house price, you know?
1: Yeah. So right now we have somebody... Came from an agent that I ended up meeting with. I think maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago. A newer agent. I said, "Hey, here's what I do. What, what I do. Here's how I can help, and you know, keep me in mind." And they called and said, "Hey, we've got a situation. We've got somebody. We thought they were good to go. They're not. Sounds like the you know credit's good for the person making the money. The person, or I'm sorry, the person that doesn't make the money has the good credit, right? So it's kind of just you, you can't put it together." And and they are getting denied. And we're out looking at places because they thought they were good to go, right? How many times have you heard that? <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. Buyers are fine, buyers are set. And then you realize, no, no, they're not once they actually <laughs> truly get pre-approving in front of a lender. So I say, okay, no problem. Let me take a look. So I, I talk with them first. Why can't you buy? What's the scenario? Where are you looking to go? What's your timetable? How much do you have down? Can you get more money? What are you paying now? What can you pay? I review their credit, I review all their income and their assets and everything. And then from there, I kind of again work it backwards and say, okay, well, we have to look at properties in this range if this is what you can afford per month. And of course, that can change, which, and it did with this. You know, we started at payments of $1,500 a month that they wanted to stick around. So I told them what they needed to look at. And of course, they didn't like to hear that. <laughs>
0: That's a good example. Then one hundred fifty or fifteen hundred dollars a month they can afford. What mm-hmm. price range do they need to be looking at?
1: I told I told them for the investors to be on board with this type of a deal, we want it to be around one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy-five, which they were hoping for a lot more. Sure, right? Because it's got a cash flow, it's got to make money. So then, of course, well, we we could probably go a little bit higher. What if we went up to seventeen or eighteen or nineteen? And so now the payment they're going to be at is going to be eighteen seventy five a month. So again, you can't just go with the first thing that they tell you, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're at eighteen seventy five a month. Uh, Which the would be property, what,
0: what? price home?
1: Uh, we're buying a two hundred thirty five thousand dollar home. Okay, and then we're selling it to them for about two fifty three, two fifty two, two fifty three.
0: So when you're looking for these, do you need to? Are you trying to buy these at a discount?
1: We're trying to. Yeah. And it's a little tough. I mean, um, whenever we've come in lower right now in the market, we're, we're losing them, and we're getting beat out. But the, the important thing that we look at is, okay, let's you know they might love this place and they might be willing to pay that price down the road, but could we re-rent it if this falls apart? Right. I I'm always never afraid to talk about what if it doesn't work out and what's our plan a and plan B and even a plan C. And so if it doesn't work out, can we just rent it? What's the market rents on these? Are they good? Can we get a new tenant buyer in ASAP and do it again? Which of course is, you know, always the first choice if it doesn't work out. But again, I've got a little bit of an advantage, you know, from being in the finance business for 15 years and having been doing lease options since 2011. I I know the scenarios that are riskier and the ones that haven't worked out, I've kind of learned from them, right? Yeah. And you know, like, hey, if I would have asked this, I might have caught that. Or if I would have found out that the tenant buyers only had 800 in the bank and the 20 grand they put down was for mom and dad, hmm maybe that would have, you know, led to some more questions. <laughs> okay. So there's, it's, it's a calculated risk. But so now, now we're closing on this at the end of the month and they're going to move in, you know, same day we close. They're doing a lease with option with us and they're putting down $23,000 on a $235,000 home.
0: And then the investor, how does how does any investor cash flow on a two hundred and thirty thousand dollars house? I mean, what's what's their mortgage payment going to be?
1: Their mortgage might be about
0: fourteen.
1: 15. They're going to be around fourteen hundred, I want to say, give or take, because their cash flow almost five hundred a month. So I guess well, eighteen seventy five minus five hundred. That's about where their payment's going to be. Okay. So this one, this one's a nineteen percent cash on cash return.
0: Are you figuring in vacancies, repairs, maintenance, things like that, insurance, taxes? Yes. Yep. So you're still figuring in vacancies and repairs.
1: We figure in a couple months of vacancy, uh, repairs, very minimal. I mean, a thousand, two thousand bucks. The other thing that I've learned to do is to. We'll either do like a home warranty on the property or we will get up, set up with a warranty plan. So we have like a local, you know, utility company that has a really cool plan. You pay, you know, 15, 20, 25 bucks a month and they'll come out and fix, fix whatever that's covered. So for the most part, we're not factoring it in like you would as a normal rental. No, we put in, you know, a little tiny buffer.
0: Because these are nicer homes, newer Mm -hmm. homes, most likely, right? Yep. Good. Okay. Nice. So you're making money from some real estate commissions, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Are you making money from, um, I don't know if if people understand this. I'll, I'll try not to get too technical in it. But like, even though the commission on the MLS says 6%, if you were to bring a buyer to the house, you can still negotiate another commission, additional commission on top of that, that you collect from the buyer or the for the investor, am I right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, usually, yeah, the the commission that the buyer's agent gets right for bringing a buyer is going to be between two point five and two point seven. At least in our market, that's pretty pretty sure. standard, uh-huh. right? So, if if let's say the lead came from you know my my marketing that I'm doing, and they go through my my funnel and get through the system, and we screen them and we say this is a good lead. I'm going to get that full 2.7 commission. Plus my investor pays me and I get a percentage from the investor at every deal. So I get a percentage of what the tenant buyer is putting down. Nice. And they know, again, and and the beauty of it is this, this is already discussed in the, you know, initial meeting up front that we go through. How do you get paid? Here's how I get paid. And so I get paid really from two different buckets because I'm, I'm an agent. Now, if I wasn't an agent and before I was an agent, right, because I've been doing this for years, not licensed, just more as a joint venture partner, right? So, yeah, I, I made a little bit less then because I couldn't get the real estate commission. So having a license is definitely advantageous yeah, and gets you, uh, you know, some maybe deals you might not have had. But you, you can still make very good money not being a license and still doing this.
0: Sure. Good well, Jesse, how can people get a hold of you if they maybe are looking for deals like this or they're looking to learn about more how to do these things, these types of deals? Do you have something that we can send people to?
1: Yeah. So, right now, I'm, I'm working on putting something together because I really would like to ramp up doing these types of deals. And uh, I would say that one of two different places to go would be uh, our Facebook group, Lease Option Secrets. Cool on Facebook there, Lease option Secrets. And then uh, also to set up a call with me to run through if this is something that anyone has an interest in doing or even working on together, you can uh, reach me at calljesse.net. So www.calljesse.net, J-E-S-S-E.
0: Calljesse.net. And again, with Facebook, if you just do a search in the search bar for Lease option Secrets, you'll find the group there. It's an active group looks like it's doing really well. And uh, cool. Jesse's the real deal, guys. I wanted to get him on the podcast because I know some of you are going to resonate with this and you're wondering about, man, how can I do more lease option deals? And you've wanted to find the buyers first. You've wanted to work with investors, having a hard time figuring that out. Jesse's doing pretty well with it. And I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this who might even Be have some interest in partnering with him on these deals, maybe as the investor, where you're bringing the money, you can buy the house. You're just looking for maybe an opportunity to work with somebody who can find the tenant buyers who can actually help you get the financing as well on the investment property. That's what Jesse can do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a cool thing is, so we've had some investors who want to get in and, and be the deal finder, the deal negotiator, right? The way that I'm discussing that I've been doing it. And we've had other people say, oh, that's pretty cool, but I'm ready to just do one of these deals. How about just let me know when you've got somebody? Okay, fantastic. So um, it's, it's been a great system, and I, I really haven't, you know, spent a lot of time talking to folks about it because I wanted to do it for, you know, quite a few deals and do it myself with various partners and various ways of doing it, and um, it's something that I'm definitely looking to, to work on more and, and grow in some other areas.
0: Nice. All right. Anything else Jesse? no I think um,
1: I think that's that's good I, I appreciate you having me on it again and you know I, I guess my kind of last thought I'd like to leave with you know with folks is there's just so many different ways to do deals there isn't a wrong way or a right way as long as you're being ethical right mm-hmm. moral you have integrity I set people up to win I can sleep great at night knowing that I do a very good thorough job with my tenant buyers. And, you know, if they don't buy, they typically back out or something happens completely <laughs> unpredictable. Right. Yeah. But I pride myself on running an, uh, an ethical, you know, good business that's been around a long time with a good, you know, rating. And there's, there's so many different ways to do it. So you don't have to do it the way I do it, but it's just one more way. And again, I, I found myself in that predicament of saying, okay, well, I've got something in my left hand, but not in my right hand. What can I do with it? And it's kind of turned to a, a whole new system of doing deals and it's working really, really well.
0: Nice. Well, good. Thank you, Jesse, for taking the time. And I hope it warms up soon there for you in <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> oh man. Send some of those forties up here. We'd love them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's actually 52 now. So it got a little warmer oh, since we started. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, take hey, care. I
1: appreciate it, Joe. Yep. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Hey guys, again, if you want more information about Jesse... You can go to his Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, do a search for uh, lease option secrets. You'll find his Facebook page there. You can also schedule a call with him, Call calljesse.net. And um, yeah, listen, do, do Jesse a favor. Don't schedule a call with him unless you're ready to do business <laughs> with Jesse. All right, like uh, I'm just a little worried he's going to be inundated and flooded with uh, too many calls. I may be wrong. But um, yeah, don't don't waste his time unless you're ready to do some business with him. Cool? And that's just the smart way to do things like that. He's been very gracious to open up his calendar and let people schedule calls with him. So that's nice. Appreciate that. And again, if you guys are driving and you didn't have a chance to write down these links and stuff like that, we keep all of the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com realestateinvestingmastery.com. When you're there, just do a little search in the search bar for Jesse, and you'll see the two or three other different podcasts we did with Jesse. And you get a transcript for this of this podcast as well. Also, one more plug for my book, Wholesaling Lease Options. If you want to just get a quick little primer that goes deep, actually, pretty quickly in how to do lease option types of deals, then just go to wlobook.com book.com wlo book.com. I'm looking at page 38 right now. And I cover in here how to make three different offers to sellers a cash offer sandwich lease option offer and a lease option assignment offer. And I actually show you how to do it with real numbers in here. So check that out wlobook.com All right, guys, we'll see you. Thanks again, Jesse. Take care, guys. Hey, thank you.